You can't smoke on the beach in Florida, but you can eat a Reuben in the fucking shower. I forgot we were doing the short intro. He got me again. It's the I Can Complain podcast. My name is John. Thank you guys for joining me here today. The opinions expressed on the show are mine and mine alone, and to be honest with you guys, I don't even stand behind my own opinions. I don't even remember what I said last week. I was trying to remember what I talked about in the show last week. I don't even remember what I said last week. I saw an article this week where a uh, comedian, I I don't remember his name. I should, but I don't. I don't but he said Dave Chappelle uh, doing all these trans jokes. It's like a weird hill to die on. It's an odd issue to make like your issue. And I couldn't agree more. There's no hill that I'm willing to die on. I'll tell you that right now. There's no opinion or feeling that I have that is strong enough where I won't immediately backpedal on it given an opportunity. Shit. Even if you don't give me an opportunity, sometimes I'll backpedal on some shit. I will tell you two conflicting opinions two weeks in a row. Welcome to the I Can't Complain podcast. Is there anything worse? Because I saw another one this week, guys. Is there anything worse than a food truck festival? It's embarrassing. Standing in 95 degree heat, lined up at a food truck like an animal. Sir, can I please have another ladle of gruel? What are we doing? What are we doing, guys? We have air-conditioned rooms in every single city across the U.S. with tables and proper cutlery. They're comfortable, and they're called restaurants. Maybe you've heard of them. Maybe you've heard of this new concept called a restaurant. I'm not eating from a truck if I have to wait. That's the bottom line. There's one food truck. There's one Mexican food truck that used to have pretty decent tacos around here. And if I drove past and there wasn't a line, I would stop and get a couple of tacos and I'd cram them in my mouth. And then I'd move on. I'm not standing in 95 degree heat for food, period. Especially next to other people for hours. Like it's fun. It's not fucking fun. Being out in the heat and almost catching a heat stroke isn't my idea of fun. Standing for small plates. It's like t- food trucks have become like tapas restaurants these days. You just get small bites and you have to go from one to the other. What the fuck is that? I'm not doing that shit. I refuse to go to food trucks. You know what food trucks remind me of? They remind me of when people start eating Subway for dinner. Maybe you know people that sometimes eat Subway for dinner. If you eat Subway for dinner, you've officially given up. That's the bottom line there. If you eat Subway for dinner, all prospects of you achieving any hopes or dreams that you've set forth for yourself are out the fucking window. When you're sitting there, and I haven't been to Subway in a long time, what what do they have at Subway? They have like a, no, they have a meatball sub, they have a tuna sub, they have a few other subs. I don't remember all the subs. Let's say you get a nice tuna sub from Subway, and you go home and you eat it in front of the television alone. That's a sign that you've given up on life, and I'm not going to begrudge you. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. You might be fully justified giving up. But that that should be your sign. You should just be like, whoa. You should have a moment where you sit on the couch, you're like, wow. I wanted to be an astronaut, and I wanted to be an astronaut or a physicist, and instead I'm eating Subway on a couch at 6.30 at night by myself, and I'll probably go to bed early because I don't have any friends. That's where that's where some of you are at, and I just wanted to give you that little tip. If you're eating Subway for dinner, especially alone, all prospects of you achieving anything are gone. You can still eat a Reuben in the shower, evidently, though. The shower Reuben does indeed hit different. 
a Yahoo story says. So evidently this is the move. This is what we're doing now. We're showering with sandwiches. Evidently. The article says the shower Reuben hits different. That's a direct quote from the tweet this user sent out. And then he, he put a picture of a Reuben in the shower where the soap's supposed to be. Instead, there's a Reuben. Evidently, guys, the article says that um, the sh- there used to be a shower orange trend that emerged roughly seven years ago in, a, in Reddit. And you'll notice that the shower Reuben is more or less a send-up of that. For anyone who doesn't quite spend so much time online, a quick primer. Those who prioritize shower orange lifestyle claim that eating a cold orange and a steamy hot shower is an intense, pleasurable experience. That's where we're at. The only thing that we derive pleasure from anymore is eating in the shower. It, we can't just eat at a table. And evidently, evidently, I just want us to eat in a restaurant. We're either eating outdoors like animals or we're eating in the shower. Like, I don't even know. That's not even, not even an animal would do that. I've seen animals graze and I've seen animals bathe, but I've never seen animals graze and bathe at the same time. But that's what we're doing. Oh, gosh. Quote, American Internet users in particular really love sharing photos and videos of doing weird stuff with food. No shit. At, uh, the internet's basically an entire like food fetish and homage to food porn at this point. That's all that's left on there. It's just tits and food porn, just like the good Lord intended. That's all that's left, tits and food porn. But, you know, I, I'm not above doing weird shit with food, guys, or making bad decisions with food. The other night I had some sushi, and I also had garlic bread in the freezer, and I, I was going to eat the garlic bread as an appetizer, but I had so much sushi. That I rationalized it. I was like, I'll eat the garlic bread for dessert only if I'm still hungry. And I said that to myself in like the afternoon. And then come dinner time, I heated up the garlic bread and ate it with the sushi like a fat slob. I'm embarrassed to tell you these stories. I'm embarrassed to tell you that I was in bed recently eating ice cream. And the only thing that was illuminating the room was my phone. And I had some, uh, I had some like a paper towel next to me in case I spilled some ice cream because I'm always prepared for the worst. If I'm eating in bed and I'm eating ice cream in bed and the light from the phone, it's sort of like too bright in my eyes. And I shift my body to make a motion to go for towards the phone. And like the napkin that I had in bed fell, gently fell from the blanket over the light of the phone. And it created a really nice ambiance in the room. And I didn't even have to move to adjust the cell phone light. And I just sat there continuing to eat my ice cream like a fat son of a bitch. And I was happy about it. Sometimes you got to do shit like that, guys. I have a weird relationship with food. And I've had a weird relationship with food, honestly, since... Oh, what year was it? I was probably... Since 2010, probably. Because in 2009, I got laid off from the job that I was working at during the uh, recession. And I already didn't have a lot of money. But I ended up moving... I ended up moving in with one of my friends to a shitty house, guys. I lived in the... I mean, this is like... To give you an an example, the home surrounding mine, there was only one still standing. And the others had been like all burned or completely abandoned and fell down. And it was on the edge of Latin King territory. If you ever hear me talk about the time that I lived in Latin Latin King territory, it was in this shitty house. And I got to say this. The Latin kings, they really had a lot of respect for the children because they wouldn't have their shootouts at night usually. They, they would have their shootouts during the day. I'd be sleeping during the day and I'd wake up to bull, the sound of gunfire. I'd be like, oh, the Latin kings are back at it. And Saturday morning for the kings, Saturday morning 
was baseball with the kids at the baseball field across from where I live. Shitty baseball field, but they still used it. So, yeah, Saturday morning and uh, was uh, no gunfire, and then at night no gunfire because the kids were asleep. That's what I that's what I observed. That was my theory at least because they would only shoot the guns during the day. Anyway, though, I lived on the edge of Latin King territory. <laughs> in a shitty house and I'd just been laid off and I didn't have any money. And I remember my car at the time, my car at the time, I had a car. It was a shitty Saturn guys. It was a really, really, really shitty car. It would run and it would use very little gas. Those, those, that was the perk of owning that car. Very little fuel consumption and no maintenance. I think in the four years that I owned this car, I spent like $50 on it. I had to buy a new set of windshield wipers. I spent like more in maintenance for this car than I paid for it because I only paid $50 for the car. And I think I spent $55 on a set of windshield wipers at one time. But I only paid $50 for the car from my friend. And I bought it for, it was supposed to be $50 on a fifth of liquor, but I only gave him the 50 bucks. So I bought the Saturn for 50 bucks. It was a good car, but I had recently been laid off and the tags were dead on the car. And it it was just every time you went out, you felt like you were getting hunted by the police if you were driving that car. It was just such a shitty vehicle. At one point, like one of the previous owners had played a prank on someone else and had locked a bunch of birds in the car with him while he was passed out drunk. Because there's an owner history that I know about this vehicle. But basically, someone had been trapped in this vehicle with a large quantity of birds at one point. So it wasn't necessarily the cleanest vehicle. It was just a real piece of shit. There was a, a hole in the side, the passenger side. There was a hole in the side of the. Um, basically, the car was plastic. It didn't. It didn't have any metal on it. But there was there was a hole in the plastic from where um, some kids, not me, but some kids had. Uh, they were taking golf clubs and trying to uh, destroy mailboxes out the side of the car. <laughs> And one of them missed one of the mailboxes, and the head of the golf club had went squarely like into the vehicle. Like it was a very noticeable large hole in the side of the car from the damage this golf club had caused. So that was the shitty car I was driving, and I was living in a shitty house, guys. The type of house where it was basically like a trap house because my roommate was like selling drugs out of it at that point. And occasionally, but it also wasn't, I don't want to make it sound like it was fun. Because it wasn't fun. I've lived in shitty places before where, you know, people just drop by with, you know, beer and liquor and, and coke and weed and shit like that. And it's like a party house. This wasn't that. This was just a depressing home on the edge of Latin King territory. And I lived in it and it was so shitty that I was so broke. I was out of money. I didn't have, what did the kids say, a pot to piss in? I didn't have a pot to piss in. I was destitute. And I remember it got to a point to where I could only afford like, I would make like pots of chili that I would eat all week. And then I could afford like maybe some like smokes, some cigarettes. I could afford smokes and chili. So I would um I would buy all the ingredients to make the chili. And uh this is when times were good, when I still had like a few dollars left in my name, right? So I'd buy all the ingredients to make the chili, and then I remember one time I made a big pot of chili, guys, 
and the kitchen was like so filthy. I didn't really use the kitchen for anything except like my once a week chili prep, but the kitchen was so, so filthy that I came back to the chili and there were like bugs that had like crawled in the chili while I was cooking and it was totally inedible. And I remember that night I had to go to sleep hungry. You want real shit? We're doing real shit here on the I Can't Complain podcast today. I remember that night I had to go to bed hungry and it was not a good feeling. And I had convinced myself at that point that was probably the low point of my life, but it turns out it wasn't. It turns out it wasn't the low point because no more than a week later, a friend gifted me... Okay, it was my roommate's brother, and he had gifted me these Nutrisystem, like, pre-made meals, guys. And I was happy just to have sustenance because at that point I probably... I'm not going to pretend like this was the first time in my life that I had gone without eating. There was a, there was a period before this too, but this time it was like really bad and I was going hungry and he gave me these Nutrisystem meals, man. And these Nutrisystem meals, guys, they were, they were not, he gave me the flavors he didn't like and it turns out they were expired and it was worse than not eating. I don't remember what I was eating because the flavor was indiscernible, but I remember I couldn't finish them. Here I am. This is a wonderful plug for Nutrisystem. If they ever try to advertise on this program, God bless them, but I'm going to tell them to fuck off because their food, particularly if you let it go past the expiration date, is worse than what... It was worse than MREs. It's worse than what soldiers eat on the battlefield in third world countries. The Nutrisystem meals were absolutely disgusting. And I feel like ever since this particular period of, of my life, when I didn't have any money and I was... I was starving, like literally, like not eating in days. And but I had these Nutrisystem meals, so I knew I wasn't going to starve to death. But it was worse than it was. I would have rather lived with the fear of actually starving to death and perishing than waking up and realizing that the only thing that could keep me alive were these fucking Nutrisystem meals. They were god fucking awful. So. If you hear me talking nowadays, now I eat pretty good. I've always, you know, been a halfway decent cook, but now I eat pretty good because there used to be a period of time when I couldn't eat shit but Nutrisystem meals. And it was a fucking awful period in my time. I mean, in my life. But I'm still not going to stand at a fucking food truck and I'm still not going to eat Subway for goddamn dinner. To quote the late great Paul Mooney, it's late in the day. Fuck the bullshit. Stop eating at Subway for dinner. But there's always going to be a lower point in your life that you don't see coming. That was the, That's really the overlying point of this whole thing, guys. I told you guys a story, I don't know when it was, six months ago. I went to an assisted living facility a couple years ago and I stepped in human shit by accident. Obviously by accident. And when I told you guys that story, I think I said that stepping in human shit will really ruin your day and there's no coming back from that shit. Well, I, I was thinking about it yesterday. And I'm pretty sure that my life has gotten appreciably, it's gotten worse since that moment. Just a steady decline. And I was thinking, what if you never come back from that? What if there's no redemption in the cards for me? I'm tainted with the smell of human shit for the rest of my life. What if that's what's next for me? Just Everybody just knows, like, that guy stepped in human shit in 2018. Don't go near him. That's my theory. I don't know. I can't prove it. But I'm angry today because I can't even smoke on the beach in Florida. You can't say gay. It sounds like you can't do much of anything in Florida, but now, next time I vacation there, which I'm not going to do, but next for the purposes of this program, next time I theoretically vacation in Florida, 
I can't even smoke there anymore because evidently Ron DeSantis has signed a bill that would allow cities and counties to restrict smoking at beaches and parks that they own, according to information posted by the Senate website. This is a, this is too far. You, This used to be America. I used to be able to smoke inside a restaurant. Now I can't even smoke on a beach. I can't even enjoy... I, I don't even like the... I don't even like the beach. I'm lying to you again. This is the second time. I'm not going to go to Florida, and I don't actually like the beach for, for the purposes of this episode. I can't even go to Florida and smoke on a goddamn beach anymore. I thought that Florida was like the like an, a lawless... I thought it was like a lawless place. I thought it was the closest we would come in this country to like getting out of this country. Like the other... The lower 48, you know, the lower 48, they're all pretty much the same. And then you go to Florida... And it's something different. But I didn't realize they would restrict my ability to smoke on a beach. But there's something that brought me back. There was a news story that brought me back this week. A little... There's nothing I appreciate, guys. And you guys know this. There's nothing I appreciate more than ambivalence towards nostalgia. And I found it in an unexpected place this week. News story says, inside New Jersey's last Kmart, a depressing bastion of forgotten retail. How long will it last? And I'm reading the news story. It's talking, it's the typical, like, there's one or two left of an establishment that's going under. There's nothing on the shelves, except, like, some trapper keepers and a bunch of DVDs that came out years ago, evidently. And they said, people in the story said... They would have everything you needed, talking about the Kmart. Household items, accessories, toys, kids' things, bicycles. There was a whole lot that you could select from. And that was Kmart. That was the Kmart we knew. And I expected people to be very sentimental. I expected people to be very sentimental in in this article. And to some extent, they are. But then you get to the end of the article, and these people really start start, uh, revealing their true feelings saying uh, one woman said she'd bring her grandkids here while babysitting, quote, just to waste time. She still finds herself shopping there for herself now. On this day, she was simply looking for a broom. Quote, I can't say it's nostalgic, but it's convenient. (laughs) Quote, I hope it stays here, Roseanne said. Or maybe a Walmart. Maybe a Walmart. Maybe. (laughs) I would love for this Kmart to be here, but really... What I want is uh, is maybe just uh, anything. I just like to go in a place and shop. I don't really care what the name is on the front of the business. I just go here to kill time, buy a broom. And, you know, I would really love for this Kmart to be here right now. You know, or a Walmart. It's whatever. As long as I have somewhere to waste time and shop, I'll be happy. People don't care if Kmart's going out of business. They don't. When Brett and I ate Long John Silver's in the parking lot of Kmart, nobody was coming by and peering through the windows because they just wanted one last glimpse of the interior of the Kmart. Nobody is doing that. Nobody cares if they go out of business. Even in New Jersey, which was a Kmart stronghold for years, people are just going there to waste time, buy brooms, and just hope that it's torn down and a nice new Walmart's built in its place. She went there for a broom. It doesn't surprise me, though, that Americans are shopping around for deals. Because inflation, it's out of control, guys. We know it's out of control. I feel like I've done this in the past, but fuck those rules or fuck whatever I told you to do in the past. 
These are my tips to beat inflation. These are the real tips. I don't, I don't know what I told you in the past. I don't remember, but these are the real tips. Number one, stock up on large quantities of rices and grains. You'll want to start by doing that. Then, number two, start raising baby cattle now. So they reach maturity at the height of the recession. This is very important. It won't make you money because there won't be any buyers for the cattle when they reach maturity because the recession's going to be so bad. But it will make you feel like a man. And you know why? Because you're going to be the only one in your neighborhood with cattle. You're going to be going through a recession with a with a live with a with a with a fucking bunch of cows fucking running around, man. Do you know how that will make? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> why? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> oh, nevertheless, the point is you need to start stocking up on some shit. Start hoarding some goods, some canned goods. Start holding canned goods. Start hoarding canned goods. Start stealing from your neighbors when they go to work. That's going to be very important, guys. Start breaking into your neighbor's house. Don't clear the pantry out. You don't want to do that. You want to break in and you want to just start taking a few things so they think like, oh, well, I thought I had a can of beans, but I guess they're gone now. I'll buy another one next time I go to the store. And then next time they go to the store, break in and buy the same can of beans again. So they'll slowly lose their mind because you're breaking in while they go to work because you don't have a job because of the recession that is coming. You're breaking in and you're stealing their canned goods and making them lose their mind. And start, for some reason, start raising baby cattle now so they reach maturity at the height of the recession. Those are the plans. Get on that. I want to do in the show on a real high note this week. Let's do the top five inevitable mass shooting events I'm going to have to cover here, but at least they won't be kids dying and they won't be racially motivated. That's the new segment. It's kind of a wordy title, but the top five inevitable mass shooting events I'm going to have to cover here, but at least they won't be kids dying and they won't be racially motivated. I want old school shootings where people snap and we have to wonder why this segment was originally entitled mass shooting events I'm looking forward to, but I realized after some consultation with some other people that I'm not looking forward to these as much as they've become so predictable nowadays, guys. It's either race or, you know, I was bullied. Can't we just get some diversity in our mass shootings? Number five, number five, top five inevitable mass shooting events. Number five, The all-ladies bocce ball team after a drunken night out gets into a fight at a food truck at 3 a.m. And it turns out Linda is strapped. That's one that I'm looking forward to. Number four. (laughs) Oh, God. This is the worst top five list that I've done since the top five people to die of COVID. Oh, shit. Number four. It's February, early morning. The sun is just starting to rise as Frank clears the freshly fallen snow with his snowplow. Suddenly, he realizes he's accidentally thrown snow from the snowplow onto his own driveway that he cleared by hand the very same morning before leaving for work. That gun turret that he had installed on the back of the snowplow looks pretty inviting. Number three. Horace and Charlene were set to spend the rest of their lives together until Horace started spending a little bit too much time at the racetrack betting the ponies. Late night, one night, Charlene accuses him of not being a man, so Horace decides to take his semi-automatic rifle with him to the racetrack the very next day. No humans were hurt, 
But let's just say 12 horses started the race and only Horace's horse finished. Number two, top five inevitable mass shooting events. Number two, these are, you know, all these are going to happen eventually. Number two, Johnny never dreamed he'd be running a Mexican cartel. But sometimes life takes us in unexpected directions. Late one night while protecting a camp, a group of retirees heading out west to see the Grand Canyon pulls over 15 miles west of Albuquerque on a dark highway. Little did the bus driver know Johnny would accidentally confuse the bus, which was carrying the seniors, for the bus that immigration uses to ship migrants back south of the border. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Oh, that's mean. Number one, number one, the number one inevitable mass shooting event that I know I'm going to have to cover here on the program if I keep doing this podcast. Number one, who knew managing a fried chicken buffet could be so difficult? Late one night, about 8.30, as the buffet is set to close, a team of professional armed wrestlers enters the quiet restaurant. Bartholomew, the cook, knows there's going to be a rush order on chicken thighs and green beans, and that he's not properly prepared for this moment. He reaches behind one of the deep fryers and fishes out a weapon. Walking into the lobby, he notices that all the men on the arm wrestling team are strapped, and they've been waiting for him. The men raise their weapons up to confront Bartholomew, but their forearms and hands are overdeveloped from years of arm wrestling. And their fingers are too muscular to pull the trigger. The end. They said you can't make jokes about the mass shootings. Too soon, they said. I said, if anything, it's too late. I've missed the boat, if anything. It's always going to be too soon to talk about mass shootings. But the jokes aren't about the shooting. The jokes that I just told her about the circumstances revolving around the shooting. The idea of an all-ladies bocce ball team. Team member being strapped and shooting her team up at 3 a.m. It's funny to me. I'm sorry if it's not funny to you, but it's funny to me. Just the idea of a bocce ball team going out to a food truck at 3 a.m. is funny to me. Oh, episode 50 next week, guys. Hopefully, it will be a little bit of a special episode. I'm hoping to bring Brett back for another episode if we can, you know, if we can put it together here in the next week. Um, Patreon. This is the first time I've ever announced it, but it is launching soon. More shows. You asked me to do less material, and instead I'm telling you I'm going to do a Patreon, and I'm going to do more shows. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's a thing. Patreon launching relatively soon. And it's finalized, guys. The time that I lived with a dozen lesbians, that will be episode number 69. That episode is uh, its in the works. It's taking a long time to put together, but it's in the works. Is that it? Is that all the announcements? I think so. I hope you guys have a good week. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.